Welcome back everyone to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend, whether you're on the ice or maybe you're out there on the deer stand or you're chasing those pheasants through the cattails in that snow-covered landscape that we have now. I'm your host, Nick Simons, an outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com here and happy to be sharing it all with you as we get into December, the middle stretch already. Boy, and if you're counting, you only got a couple weeks left till that uh, holiday season season is upon us. So get your shopping done now. Get all of those uh, great items bought for your favorite hunter and angler stocking stuffers and presents. Of course, we have the hottest stuff on ice. If you log on to newsdakota.com and dakotaedge.com, all of the great technology. We're seeing a boom in electric augers this season. A lot of tweaks and turns in tip-ups and, and a lot of great budget options as well for folks looking to expand their offerings on the ice. And of course, lithium batteries blowing up across the board, giving you more power to keep those Vexilars and those Markhams and all of your on-ice electronics running for days on end. Boy, we are living in a golden age on the ice, and there's a lot of excitement when it comes to all of the great technology that helps us catch fish and helps us do it comfortably, whether that's a new flip-over shack with a thermal cover or those electronics that we're talking about or, you know, coming down to it, even just the better quality of float suits and ice suits and gloves and hats that we have available. So enjoy the good old days that we're living in when it comes to ice fishing because we are certainly there and there's a lot of good old days type fishing out there on the hard water as well and for that reason after the break we're going to have bj kratz with the north dakota game and fish department he's the southeast fisheries district supervisor he's going to give us some insight on some of the bigger lakes the ones that you know and love ashtabula spiritwood the reservoirs over by jamestown but then he's also going to let you in on some of that great fishing to be found in some of those smaller lakes a lot of good information coming up right after this quick break so please stay tuned Welcome back to the show, everyone. After a little bit of snow, we've got some nice cold weather that has set up some hard water, and folks are getting out there in earnest throughout southeastern North Dakota. And for that, we have B.J. Kratz, Southeast Fisheries District Supervisor for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, joining us today to share all of the insight into what's to come on hard water. B.J., welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, it's always good to have you on, especially this time of year as we get excited to crack that auger out there and get it running. How is the ice setting up in southeastern North Dakota for the start of this winter based on weather factors, recent snow, and the like? You know, we were actually in in pretty good ice-making weather. We had pretty consistently two to four inches of pretty good quality ice prior to this last little snowstorm that we got. Not to say that there weren't areas that were still open uh, on some places where, you know, from the wind and waterfall and whatnot, typical this time of year. But, you know, anytime we have wind uh, mixed with precipitation, whether it be snow or rain or whatever, that tends to complicate matters a little bit for making good quality ice. But the cold temperature should help. I'm hoping that here relatively soon things should be at least safe enough to get out on foot and catch some of those fish that are out there. That's right. Getting on that early ice bite is a priority for a lot of folks right around the holidays. How are the water levels looking? I remember two, three years back, we had all that late autumn rain, and this year we've had some autumn rain, but it wasn't as significant. How are things looking around the region for water levels? You know, that's that's a good point, too. And I think that if, if it wasn't for some of that precipitation we did that we had, you know, a couple of years ago, we would have taken a lot bigger hit this year than, than we actually have. You know, surprisingly, most district lakes are down, you know, 20 to 24 inches on the average. And just because of that, you know, surplus moisture that we had a couple of years back uh, with that late stuff into the fall and whatnot, we were at maximum 
elevation for a lot of those lakes are record record high. And so we're capitalizing on the bank of, of yesteryear, so to speak, to keep us in the game this year. We don't obviously see some relief this winter with some snow or, or late spring rains or something. You know, things could be a lot different next year. That they certainly could, and obviously that affects a lot of the levels that we see on our reservoirs, and reservoirs make up some of the great fishing in the southeast. BJ, when we talk about some of those lakes, I think of the big four, Lake Ashtabula, Spiritwood, Jamestown Reservoir, and then of course Pipestem. How is Ashtabula setting up headed into winter, and what can ice anglers expect for the popular species on that lake? Ashtabula is always a fun lake for for people, at least I, I enjoy it a lot, just because of the diversity of fish species that are present there. We don't have a lot of lakes in the southeast district that have so many different fish species and not only that but good opportunities or or maybe even the best chance opportunity to catch larger fish and lake ashtabula certainly holds its fair share whether it be you know crappies to the walleyes that are in there Uh, there's some very large pike in there and when you're out there fishing the beauty of that lake is is that you just never know what you're going to catch and and even more exciting is sometimes you never know how big it might be. So When we look to the west, obviously Spiritwood Lake, the next stop along the interstate there, is there still a fair amount of pike spearing going on in those nice clear waters, and are we seeing any other species come in? You know, it depends on the year on Spiritwood. It's not like it you know, was historically, and a lot of that's driven by the amount of natural reproduction we get with northern pike. Obviously, the years, the springs that we have, lots of runoff coming into uh, these lakes, we have good natural reproduction for pike and it never used to be that we relied on mother nature quite so much for pike propagation but due to the tremendous amount of lakes in the state right now and and a lot of these uh, walleye managed waters our capacity to produce fish in the hatchery and and get everything stocked like we want to is, is limited a little bit so sometimes we have to cut, you know, certain species or cut numbers to make sure everything gets its fair share, so, so to speak, of, of fish. So uh, that's not to say that there isn't pike in Spiritwood. It's consistently a, you know, producer, and sometimes it's clearer than others. But you know, overall, there's there's definitely opportunities out there for pike, probably a little better than than Spiritwood. Sure, and that's understandable as things shift. Talking with B.J. Kratz, Southeast Fisheries District Supervisor for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. B.J., when we look north of Jamestown, uh, how is Jamestown Reservoir setting up for crappies and walleye populations for the winter of 2022? Jamestown Reservoir is a kind of unique beast in that it is really driven by productivity of what comes into the system on an annual basis. And as everyone knows, this year with the drought we had, we didn't have a lot of inflows at all. In fact, it didn't even fill. That being said, it tends to affect the fish community in a negative way as far as forage production goes. So typically you'll have very slow growth rates for fish and probably ends up to be, in the end to be a lot, of, a lot of mortality. Needless to say, crappies are kind of not necessarily immune to that, but they do have the capacity to feed, uh, feed on plankton. And I think that that continually gives that species kind of an advantage. On Jamestown, even though anglers had a little slower fishing this summer, according to our you know crappie assessment that we do each year in May, the numbers are really up there, and I expect that that'll just translate into you know next spring, and and, and people should be able to have have good opportunities for crappies this year. And I mean, there's still a fair amount of walleyes in there. Pike numbers are okay. The fish that are there will probably be hungry and cooperate well, but you'll have to probably search a little bit to find them.
Sure, that's right. Get out there and punch those holes and get your Saturday morning workout in. Wrapping it up, Pipestem is kind of in a rebuilding process. We had the winter kill a few years back. Will there be much for ice anglers this year, or are we still a few seasons out? Well, if if you're gauging the Pipestem by the crappie population, there probably won't be much. We're still in a recovery mode. We're still looking every year for that big age class that could survive the winters. But the perch population in there is better probably than it's ever been. And that's certainly given anglers some opportunity this last summer. And the bike population is crazy good. I mean, we had catch rates there. Anglers were catching fish and a lot of good shore fishing opportunities. And it was a good, a really good year for, for pike. So I expect that this winter, pike and perch, and there'll be a few walleyes mixed in there too for folks. Sure thing. When one species go down, it's nice to know that folks can find one that steps up to fill in that void. We're talking with B.J. Kratz, Southeast Fisheries District Supervisor. Beyond those main southeast lakes, where can folks go for perch? Uh, what lakes are maybe established or maybe some sleepers you want to give a couple hints to? Sure. Last year's a lot of the anglers around here are kind of focused on that Barnes County stuff. North Hobart Lake was really good. Had a lot of successful and happy anglers out there. Uh, good catch rates for perch and a pretty good average size, you know, 10, 11 inches. So that that was good. We did get into North Eccleson, which is just a little bit to the west. This year, I sample out every other year, and, and the indications are there that there's a pretty robust perch population in there, and we had some bigger fish in there this year than we did the, a couple of years ago in our survey. So providing those fish are hungry, that's another great possibility for perch anglers. And a little farther to the west, that stuff over toward Medina and Cleveland, uh, that Brooks complex is through the last several years produced a lot of good fishing opportunities for people. It's pretty big. It'll move around a lot, but once you find them, you can have some pretty memorable times there so yeah those green and yellow footballs sure are a lot of fun coming up through the hole there are a lot of smaller bodies too that are stocked with walleyes in the region what are some of your top picks there this is kind of a, a unique year basically i've set a couple records we've got uh, 131 waters now that have fishable populations in them which translates into about 56,000 acres of opportunity out there for folks and a lot of those fish uh, fisheries have walleyes in them we had 28 lakes this year in the district itself that exceeded 10 fish per net night which is kind of an index for a good walleye fishery some of those lakes where the catch rate were good i mean they're all over the place but mud and pearl lakes north of medina was good foot lake that's just south of medina that was exceptional as well north of jamestown we had hogarth dam and as far down south as you know lidgerwood country we had ryland lake and then four corners over toward Ankinson. And then, of course, Twin Lake down by Lemoore there. That's always pretty good fishery. And then Diamond Lake at Calm and even Tad Lake west of Oaks. We had great catch rates. So walleye-wise, there's lots of opportunity out there this year. Yeah, that's great to hear. And if folks were looking to get a spread of tip-ups out there for pike and chase those flags, what's their best bet in the region to get on the ice after Northerns? I'd have to say Flood Lake. That's down there by column. Great numbers of three to five pound pike in that system. And then, of course, if you're a little farther south and east, maybe Grass Lake near Lidgerwood. Same type of deal. Great abundance of two to four pounders there. So pretty good pike fishing this year. That sounds like a great boatload of opportunities there or, or fish house load of opportunities as it might be with the ice out there. BJ, we thank you so much for your insight and for sharing those opportunities. And most importantly, thank you so much for being on the show today. You bet. Thank you.
So some fantastic information there from B.J. Kratz, fisheries supervisor for the Southeastern District with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, naming names and making sure folks get out there. Log on to gf.nd.gov and you can check out those fishery surveys that he referenced for all of those different lakes, whether you're after perch or pike or walleyes. So many incredible opportunities as the ice sets up and folks have a chance to get on the hard water. Remember to have a life jacket or a float suit and those ice picks and some cleats for your feet as you're stepping out on that newly formed ice. Take a kid with you when you know it is safe and you know the bite is hot so you can have a great time. And if you do, I'm sure I'll see you in our outdoors.